The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. Welcome, everyone, to Sharp Lessons. We are Stadium's sports betting podcast. I'm Ben Wittenstein, and on the other side of the screen for me is the one, the only, Professor Nate Jacobson. And I say screen because, Nate, usually we're together in the same room. We can talk out the bets in person, but this week I am in a hotel in Detroit for Live on the Line, and you're in your wonderful home, so we have to do this over Skype. Yeah, just like the old days, and I want yeah. to thank you for uh, sacrificing your time out of your busy schedule in Detroit. You oh, yeah. You be playing some craps or blackjack downstairs yep. at the casino, but you want to uh, talk out some of your bets, and we were just talking before the show how, at the moment, you don't really have a best bet that really sticks out, but maybe through talking through some of your college picks and just looking at the rundown, you have a lot of different options, maybe one will uh, pique your interest or I could maybe talk you in or out of one. Yeah. I, and that's the hope. And honestly, you're doing me a service here. I'm not at the blackjack table losing all my money. I'm not trying to learn how to play craps and losing all my money there. I'm not at the slots. So thank you for that, for keeping me financially stable at this point at the casino. Cause when you have a couple hours free and you're staying at a casino, that's some dangerous stuff. And, Nate, I know a lot of casinos do this. They didn't have it in Vegas, but they have it here. Free soft drinks. Free soft yeah. drinks, free iced tea. Like, that's that's dangerous. I could be all sugared up losing all my money right now, but instead I'm discussing bets and I'm being a good sober person. Yeah, you might need some sugar uh, for, on Saturday to, to stay up for the whole uh, <laughs> yeah. college football day and then a quick turnaround. I know you guys have on Sunday morning uh, with the NFL. Yeah, uh, you're absolutely right. I'm going to need to be caffeinated up. But I'm excited. I think we have a fun slate. We have a lot of good bets for this weekend. I have a lot of bets for college football. I just, I like them. I'm not in love with them. So maybe I'll fall in love when I'm talking about it uh, for, for a lot of these games. But let's let's start off with college. And, uh, and again, back to the record um, from last week, since this is our first episode of the week. Appreciate everyone, you know, rating, subscribing, reviewing. We love to hear from our listeners. Listenership's been going up, Nate. So we've been doing well. People hopefully been taking our bets because our best bets at least have been doing great. We're hitting our best bets at about a 68% clip. You're 11 and three. You're coming off a one and one week uh, from last week. And I was two and one. So best bets went three and two, another positive week. Uh, so Nate, let's have you start off with our college football picks for the week. Who are you liking? Yeah, and I agree with you. There's a lot of different options. There's only one bet that st stands out, and I'll save it to the end, a bet I've already placed. Really the only money I have in college football now, but I just wanted to hit on three ACC games, and because it's the same conference, I'll just kind of bundle them up and talk about them all at once. And I know you're going to be opposite on one of them, but yeah. first one, Miami, minus two against Virginia. And I know Miami has been extremely disappointing this season. I had over eight and a half wins on them, and they're three and four. So that will be great as a loser the Saturday after Thanksgiving, after they play the last game, if it hasn't been great at a loser yet. Uh, so that'll be tough to look at in the pendings. But Miami going on the road, minus two against a Virginia team, who last week was an underdog to Georgia Tech. So just something about this line 
make me think we might be able to buy at the lowest point on Miami. I know they have a lot of injury issues, but I feel like by Saturday morning, unless there's something kind of chaotic in the line, I will probably bet Miami. So just a, a buy low on Miami against a Virginia team who I don't think is good at all. Uh, another ACC game, the one we're going to be opposite on. I like Louisville a little bit plus three and a half against Wake Forest. This is more just kind of a play against Wake Forest, who has had a really good year for the second straight year in a row. And, you know, commend what David Clawson and Sam Hartman have done in Winston-Salem. But I feel like at some point going on the road as a favorite, it's a little bit of a different situation. And Louisville pulled off a nice win against Pitt last week with Cunningham, their quarterback, back in the fold. So I think Wake Forest might be a sell team for me, and they're not as good as their number 10 ranking. But then lastly, Pitt plus three against North Carolina. And, man, Pitt's disappointing. Pat Narduzzi has gone back to his old ways of winning games or losing games he's not supposed to win and going back to running the ball after they had Kenny Pickett lead him to some great things last year. But now they're an underdog at North Carolina, who has a horrific defense. And I just feel like this may be a little narrative-y, but in the last year of the Coastal Division in the history of ACC football, we look like, it looks like North Carolina is going to just waltz to the, the, you know, the conference title game, win the Coastal. But if Pitt wins, then it kind of puts everything up for grabs. I feel like in the last year of, of a, a division that's had so many crazy moments in the last decade that Pitt can get off the mat for this game and is an underdog. Give some trouble to Drake May, who's been fantastic this season. But also Pitt's offense can do pretty well against a North Carolina unit whose defense is pretty poor. Yeah, I mean, honestly, two of the three, I love them. I think I might bet Miami as well. I know they're against the spread record, hasn't been great this season. They've been extremely disappointing, but I don't think they've covered. Good... I don't think they've covered against a, at least an FBS team, and their cover yeah. margin is horrible. So that's why we're that low. But I feel like good situation Virginia to buy them. It's a horrible team. Yeah, no, 100. percent I do like those bets. Um, I have a whole slew of bets. Some of them are, you know, gut bets. Some of them are just situation bets. One of them's you just kind of have to you have to suck it up and, and make the bet. Um, so I'll start with Oklahoma State at plus one and a half against Kansas State. And the reason this is absolutely not going to be a best bet for this, Nate, is the Kansas State team, we don't know injury-wise what we're going to get. We don't know if we're going to get the starting quarterback. We don't even know if we're going to get the backup quarterback in this game for Kansas State, unless there's been some news in the past hour that's come out, because I know some injury news has been coming out for Thursday. They expected that to yeah. come out for Thursday for Kansas State. So I, I know you're ta- you're talking about, you know, Adrian Martinez getting hurt on the first drive last week. Yeah. Will Howard comes in, does really well. Then he gets banged up. I think the latest news there is Will Howard will at least be available to play. He did come back in the game. So at the worst, I think Kansas State's going to get the backup quarterback who played pretty well in his time when he was actually healthy before I think he had a back injury. But there is still a chance Adrian Martinez is going to play in this game. Um, but, yeah, so it, it's at the worst going to be their backup quarterback for Kansas State in this game. And that number kind of suggests it probably will be at least Will Howard. I don't think they would be favorites if people didn't expect at least him to play. Potentially, but Oklahoma State has been a team that has taken a lot of money against them the last two weeks. Against TCU, there was the, the leak that Spencer Sanders was injured, and we got up to plus five and a half against TCU. 
than last week, a lot of early money on Texas. And even with Sanders in the lineup, um, there's some other injuries on Oklahoma State, and Texas closed a six-point favorite in that game, even with Sanders playing. So I, I think that I'm not really sure what to make of this line. I would have, I'd love actually to come on and say I'm betting Kansas State, a team I've been riding all year, Oklahoma State, a team I haven't believed in all year. But that injury situation, not with just their quarterbacks at Kansas State, but some other players on the roster who went down against TCU has me staying away. And I'm just going to be betting on Kansas State for – some win total purposes, and also uh, I still have a future on them to win the Big 12 at 18-1. to 1. And if they win this game and they beat Texas next week, I think they'd be in control of their fate to at least get into the Big 12 title game against potentially, probably, TCU. Yeah, so I, this is my least confident bet out of all the bets that I'm giving. I really almost hope Adrian Martinez does somehow start this game and I can get Oklahoma State at you know, plus three, maybe if, if Kansas state gets some of that money when people see that their starting quarterback's going to be in, but this is a game Oklahoma state probably should win. I, their passing defense hasn't been great at all as we have seen the past couple games, but Kansas state's passing stats aren't super at strength. It's it's running game and, and running back Deuce Vaughn and Oklahoma state's run defense is it's strength comparative to its past defense. Oklahoma State's 3-0 and against the spread as an underdog. They do well in the underdog role this season. So there's a lot of numbers to me that back up at least giving Oklahoma State a chance as long as the spread is uh, in their favor in terms of them being an underdog. So I may wait to see if maybe we get an Adrian Martinez start or there's rumblings of him possibly starting and Oklahoma State gets up to plus two, plus two and a half, maybe plus three. So I like Oklahoma State against the spread as long as they're the underdogs. Kentucky, Tennessee. This, this is going to be a fun game to watch for a lot of people. Tennessee coming off an Alabama win, coming off a UT Martin win. I like Kentucky plus 12 and a half. I already made that bet at, for me personally at plus 13. I think they're 12 and a half now as we're doing this podcast. Uh, there's a lot of reason to believe Tennessee could probably destroy Kentucky. But, Nate, Kentucky's coming off a bye. I, I love teams coming off a bye. They're going to be back fully healthy. This probably is one of the – First times all season, we're going to see them actually fully healthy with everyone on offense that they should have. Wide receivers are coming back. Offensive linemen are coming back. They're finally going to have Chris Rodriguez back healthy with the healthy Will Levis at quarterback. Everything is pointing up in terms of offensive production for Kentucky. They've had a whole bye week to prepare for Tennessee. I wasn't super impressed with the Tennessee defense A against Alabama. And I watched that almost entire UT Martin Tennessee game because I'm just an insane person. I was like, why did you do that? Uh, well, I may have bet UT Martin plus 38 and a half. So I was keeping an eye on it. Um, Fair. And, and, it, and the Tennessee pass defense wasn't super impressive against UT Martin, at least to start the game. So I think Kentucky can keep it close. I don't think they win this game, but I think they can keep it within the double digit mark for sure. They're, they're a good enough team. In my eyes, especially with everyone now healthy and coming off a bye, it's a good situation for them. I like Kentucky to keep it close, at least within double digits. And another reasoning for your case here would be Tennessee, just looking ahead at their schedule next week, they had go on the road to face Georgia in the game that, sure, they beat Alabama, big win, program-changing win, but it really doesn't mean anything in terms of winning the SEC East or going to the SEC title game. That's going to be next week in that big game in Athens, so... Not saying Tennessee's looking ahead because Kentucky's an important po opponent for them, and their yeah. offense plays at such a fast pace that they can score a lot of points very quickly, which is the reason I'm going to stay off this game. But if they do get out to a lead, maybe they slow down a little bit and have a little bit of a focus to the week ahead with that huge game in Athens that we'll certainly talk about next week. 
Yeah, so I like Kentucky plus 12 and a half. I'm on the other side of you uh, in the Wake Forest game. I like Wake Forest minus three and a half. That's to me, it seemed a little disrespectful, and I know you think they're probably a bit of an uh, overrated top top ranked team. I don't love the extra hook with three and a half. Again, why I'm not making it a best bet, but you know, I trust Sam Hartman. Love the guy. Louisville's pass defense is has been average at best. I don't. Just, I I just don't think Louisville's going to be able to keep up with the Wake Forest offense in this game. But again, don't love three and a half. There's some fours out there as well. So Wake Forest is, is clearly getting some money at this point. I would love if that went back down to minus three but I'll probably take three in the hook with Wake Forest in this one. Uh, UAB minus four and a half. Not sure why that line is so low. It's even been bet down in favor of FAU. FAU stinks. They're not good. And UAB's defense, I think, is going to really come to play against their offense, which really hasn't been impressive at all this season. UAB should win this game by double digits. And I know I've been on the right and wrong side of UAB all season long. They've kind of been flip-flopping. But I, I'm very shocked that this line is four and a half for UAB. Um, let's go two more. Let's go two more totals, Nate. Two more totals. And, the, and this is, you have to do this. You have to do these plays on both sides. And they're two unders. USC, Arizona, under 76 and a half. You got to go under. 70, there is a lot that has to go right for both of these teams to get to 77, 78, 80 points. And I know USC is coming off a game against Utah where we saw 85 points. But in two games that USC has had a 70-point total, they've gone under. In two games that Arizona has had a 70-point total, they've gone under in one and over in the other. There is just a lot that has to go right for this total to be uh, to get over. So I'm going to go under 76.5. And there's only one reason I'm going under in the Boise State-Colorado State game, Nate, that no one is going to watch and no one should watch if they have any respect for themselves. But I'm going to go under 43.5 because Colorado State has not gone over in one game this year. They are 7-0 in the under. So let's just keep that trend going for Colorado State. This game probably finishes with both team in the teens, maybe one team in the 20s. I'll go under in Boise State, Colorado State. Just follow that trend of 7-0 and with the unders. Yeah, I'm not sure if there's one I personally like, um, at least would recommend or convince you into a best bet, but maybe it's so hard after the show. Hey, if, it's all right if you don't have a best bet. Don't force anything out there that could impact your record. Um, this show is being recorded on a Thursday afternoon. So if people want to follow your best stuff, maybe you'll have something by Friday or Saturday and they can follow you on the uh, bet tracking apps. Yeah, that's true. And I do, again, I, I'm going to make most of the, I'm going to put my money down on most of the bets that I mentioned for, for right. college. It's just don't want to make them a best bet, you know, not, not the big unit plays. Uh, let's do dogs with bite. You got two dogs with bite, Nate. And I was yeah. going back and forth on one of them on the other side for uh, let's, we can start with Nebraska, Illinois. Yeah, so I actually like both of these. These I think I was going to include them in the picks, but since we have this fun dogs with bites segment, I figured I'd just talk about them here. And I'm going to write about both schools on my our, on the roundtable article Ben and I do with Alex. That'll be out Friday at WashTeam.com. But we want to talk about Nebraska first. So obviously Illinois special season, favored to win the Big Ten West now because they beat Wisconsin, they beat Iowa, they beat Minnesota, going into a bye. But now they're hearing about it on campus, the national media, they're being told how good they are. And this is not a familiar spot for Illinois to have success in terms of their football program. So if they get out to a slow start in Lincoln off the bye, which I think is very possible, I'm not sure how they're going to handle the adversity. And obviously with Nebraska, they fired Scott Frost, interim coaching staff. They just had a bye week of their own. So I'm a little worried that maybe that coaching staff, some of the players are looking to see what school they might be coaching or playing at next year. But if Nebraska is engaged in this game, 
They are still a talented enough team to win this game. Plus 245 on the money line, plus 7.5 if you just want to go on the spread. With Nebraska, I think they're very live to potentially win this game. I would say they're live to win this game. I don't know about very live, but I think they can keep this close against an Illinois team who is definitely a good team, but I'm a little bit worried about maybe the success maybe getting to their head. And now because they have such a good record, they're just being a tad overvalued. Yeah, I kind of like that, especially at seven and a half. I I think, uh, I don't know. I think I want Illinois to win. I think Illinois should win, but Nebraska at home, that's, it's always tough to bet against them, even though they have been just complete doggy doo-doo and Illinois is coming off a bye. But I, I think they could. you can get pretty good value, I think, Nebraska in this situation. So the other dog with bite, and I think I like this a little bit more, at least against the spread, but West I Virginia like this too. plus yeah. seven and a half against TCU. So TCU is a team I feel like I've bet on, talked about the last few weeks, either betting on them, betting against them. They've come off five big wins in a row. They beat SMU, and then they beat four ranked opponents within the Big 12. The last two games were at home, where they overcame 14-point and 18-point deficits. Also, three of the last four wins, the other team had to go towards their, to their backup quarterback at some point in the season or in the game because their starter got hurt. Last week, two quarterbacks got hurt for Kansas State in a game that is as long as Will Howard stays healthy, uh, Kansas State probably covers, at least covers, if not wins the game. And now TCU coming off this like magical, weird run where everything's going their way. They're going on the road, early start, West Virginia. I know West Virginia's defense is poor, but JT Daniels is a good enough quarterback to kind of take advantage of TCU's defense that definitely can be exposed. So I like West Virginia here, plus seven and a half, and definitely going to have some on the money line, probably a money line underdog parlay with uh, West Virginia and Nebraska when all is said and done by Saturday. Yeah, I was looking at that West Virginia spread, and I plus seven and a half at home. I know TCU has been great, but West Virginia can play the spoiler here. I think yeah. that's very much in the cards. It's a, it's a, I think just a great spot to bet against TCU. I thought last week was the spot, and honestly, when it was twenty-eight to ten in the second quarter. I was like, okay, this TCU, finally, all these big games and physical games have caught up to them. Then they had to come back. I think their fans stormed the field again for the second trade time in a row. And yeah. now they're leaving uh, Fort Worth, going to West Virginia, Morgantown, far trip for a Big 12 school based out of Texas. So I think really everything sets up really well. And I guess the only thing really holding me back from making it as a best bet is West Virginia's defense is bad. And also I was against TCU last week in the best bet section and they ended up covering. So I don't want to get burned tw twice in a row by TCU, but if you weren't on Kansas state last week and have no, uh, you know, biases or on stuff towards TCU, I think West Virginia makes a lot of sense. I've kind of talked myself into uh, making even a stronger play on them, not best bet, but maybe I'll just put a little bit more money on the yeah. Mountaineers before Saturday. Yeah, I like it. Uh, sexy pick. <laughs> Of the weekend, Nate, we're going to uh, one of journalism's finest colleges, Syracuse, playing Notre Dame. Syracuse, the favorite, a short favorite against Notre Dame. Yeah, and I think a lot of people are going to look at Syracuse starting 6-0 and and then last week going into Clemson and having a lead for a lot of the game. But kind of looking back at how the game played out, Clemson was about to go up 14-7, DJU fumbles and then Syracuse recovers it and scores on their own. So big 14-point swing, or at least a 10-point swing in that game. 
in a game where Clemson didn't get good quarterback play. It was a bad game for DJU, and he ended up getting benched and the, all the turnovers for Clemson. So I think Syracuse may be getting a little bit too much credit for playing close to Clemson because Clemson really could have got out to a big lead in that one. So Syracuse actually opened as an underdog at Circa, and now they're a favorite against a Notre Dame team that I think a lot of people are out on. So I think the sexy pick is people are giving Syracuse credit, but I think there's a lot of people selling Notre Dame, a team who's lost yeah. to Marshall, who's lost to Stanford in the big favorite role. Last week they didn't cover against UNLV at home. But in these smaller spread games, or as an underdog, they've done well. Week one, go out and cover against Ohio State. They played North Carolina in week four, go out and win outright in a point spread that's pretty similar to this. And then they went to Vegas and beat BYU. And BYU is not good, but that was a game where the spread was pretty close. So I think in a game like this, this is maybe the time to bet on Notre Dame. When they're not a big favorite, they're not going to be, you know, the conservative play from Notre Dame won't hurt them in this game as much. Uh, when trying to cover a number so Syracuse is the sexy pick but if I had to pick the game um, I'd, I'd side with Notre Dame but I think the public is is really strong on the orange this week yeah I 100% agree I like Notre Dame in this one but if you're gonna bet this game just a heads up for everyone it is uh, most likely gonna be a sweat and obviously you could say that with a short spread but these Syracuse games usually go back and forth for, for pretty much everyone they played it's gonna go right. back and forth it's gonna be lower scoring for probably the most part, unless Syracuse's defense from the first half of that Clemson game shows up. But it's it's certainly going to be a, a sweat because I don't really trust any of these teams to get out to a really large lead and then hold that lead too. Like one of them might get out to a 10, 14-point lead, but I would honestly live bet whoever's down 14 points in a game like this because they can easily give up a lead like that. For sure, and if, I'm waiting for Notre Dame to get to plus three before having – yeah. Some money on them um, for Saturday. I think that's an early start and west or upstate New York or western New York. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash match. Just go to Indeed.com slash match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Let's go to the NFL. Nate, we have uh, looks like you have a lot of NFL picks for this week. Uh, I uh, one of my picks is a sexy pick, but let's have you start with America's team. Yeah, so I'm just going to kind of go through everything I've picked um, in terms of my article that dropped yep. Thursday morning on WestSam.com. And you mentioned Cowboys, so Cowboys minus nine and a half against the Bears. Obviously, the last NFL game that we've seen at the time of this recording was the Bears pulling off a, a stunning win in New England as a nine, as a as a double digit or not double digit eight and a half point underdog against New England. They won by 19 points, so pretty shocking result. Justin Field probably the game of his life. The Bears were 11 for 18 on third down against New England, which usually isn't a sustainable mark. And the Bears closed plus eight and a half in New England. And now they're only nine and a half against the Cowboys. And the Cowboys, I believe, are a better team than the Patriots. And I'll have some more on the Patriots later in the show. 
But I think in terms of the situation with the Bears, who had a longer time to prepare because they played Thursday night before, before going to Monday in New England. So short week of prep going Monday to Sunday with travel, back-to-back road games. The matchup of the Cowboys' pass rush led by Micah Parsons and just a lot of other fast players on their defense against the Bears' offensive line, who's down their starting center and their right tackle got put in concussion protocol, so they might be down two linemen from already a a shaky pass-blocking offensive line, along with the point spread maybe being a little light because the Bears look so good on a national stage on Monday night. I think anything nine-and-a-half or better has to be a bet on the Dallas Cowboys, a team that I think can get out to a big lead with Dak Prescott, Tony Pollard running the ball if Zeke's hurt, and then the Bears kind of playing catch-up and Micah Parsons feasting against the Bears' uh, pass rush or front seven or or their the Bears offensive line so really like the Cowboys here I know laying a big number in the NFL is always scary especially this year because no lead is safe I think the Cowboys make a lot of sense there for the situation the matchup and just the point spread maybe being a little bit shorter than it would if the Bears didn't look so good last Monday yeah honestly as a Bears fan I hate to say that you made a lot of sense there and you're probably right but you made a lot of sense there and you're probably right so I I don't know if the Bears are going to be able to duplicate what they did on Monday, short week, on the road. I just don't think they're good enough to be that consistent, to be quite honest. I I don't think Justin Fields is at that level yet where he'll be able to be that consistent. Uh, One of my picks is a a sexy pick, Nate. So, you know, call me attractive because I'm going to keep going with it. I'm going to ride with the Bengals. Minus seven on the road against the Browns. Or minus three, excuse me, on the road against the Browns. Um, They are just a team who I think – I don't know if the market is fully caught up with them yet because they have been more impressive for the past two or three games than they were to start the year. Their offense is now top 10 in points per play in the last three games. Uh, They're seventh in points per game in the NFL in the last three games. You know, this is just a team that has started to look like they're finally coming back together. The offensive line has looked a lot better guarding uh, Joe Burrow. So I'll take the Bengals as a short favorite at a field goal. Don't even have to deal with the hook at three and a half. I'll I'll go with Bengals on the road, laying three against a Browns team who I just am not super convinced is that good of a team. Jacoby Brissett, I think, will only get you so far. They have the third worst scoring margin in the league in the last three games, too. They just they haven't been able to not only win games, but they lose them by a lot. So I'll take a team that's looking like they're on the up and up. I'll take him at a field goal. Yeah, so this is Monday night. I think this is going to get to three and a half. It's already showing some three and a half in the market. And I actually think, so I understand, and we'll talk about, I guess, in sexy pick, why the Bengals are favorite. They are looking like a team that's, you know, getting ready for another run through the playoffs. But I do think the Browns have just been a little bit unlucky this year with some of the close games they've lost. The game against the Jets the game against the Falcons, the game against the Chargers, even last week against the Ravens, a game where the Browns outgained the Ravens on a yard-per-play pace to 6-4. to four. So a, a big advantage there for, for the Browns. And Jacoby Brissett actually played really well. So I, I think in Cleveland, a game where they're on a bye next week. So this is kind of the game to salvage their season, especially against a, a division rival they're familiar with. I think we're going to see the Browns' best effort. And if it gets to three and a half, I would definitely either consider the Browns or just pass this game. Yeah, 100%. Uh, you have, what, four more? Yeah, I can quickly run these down. So the Saints are on there. I think any underdog price against the Raiders is okay. I'm just kind of waiting to see 
if what their injury report looks like, like pretty much all Saints games this year where you need to know who's yep. playing because they've been so banged up all year. So I don't want I don't want to talk too much about that game because it's going to be injury report related. Follow me on the action app if I have a bet on that game. Something I feel pretty strong about and might surprise you, Ben, because I've been the biggest Viking supporter for the last year and a half. Yeah. But I'm going to go against the Vikings. I think they're wow. a little bit overvalued at 5-1, and one, uh, a team that has won all the close games that they lost last year. So I think they're a little bit not as good as their record indicates. And then this is the time to bet the Cardinals when they're a road underdog, when they have a, a nice little cushion and they're away from Arizona. For some reason, they've been good. They, they were playing at home. <laughs> Yeah, really. They were 6-0 straight up last season in the regular season, that role. 2-0 at home. They beat the Raiders and the Panthers this season. They were underdogs in both games. And then they're also coming off some extended rest, which negates some of the rest advantage that the Vikings might have coming off their bye. And DeAndre Hopkins back in the fold, who I know he's older and wide receivers maybe don't matter as much, but he was a huge contributor to their win last week against the Saints on a Thursday night. And he's fresh because he it only play or he missed the first six games due suspension. So Hopkins, the, always the worry about him is him getting banged up, but we're getting him healthy right now because he missed the first six games. So like the Cardinals at plus three and a half, I'm going to wait, wait a bit though, because I know Arizona has some injury stuff. And if it gets back to plus four, I would uh, play Arizona, but I think maybe if the line could get better than what it is right now, uh, the 49ers, a team that you're probably not surprised I'm talking about. And the reason that. why I'm talking about them is they're playing the uh, Los Angeles Rams, a team that four weeks ago we had a best bet on the 49ers is pretty much the same point spread at home against the Rams team who has a lot of offensive line issues interior. And then right before the bye week in week six, Joe, Joseph Noteboom, their left tackle towards Achilles. So it might be four new starters for the Rams offensive lines from what we saw in week one. And that's Jeez. a problem against a really strong defense in the 49ers, who I think are going to bounce back after struggling against the Chiefs. So as long as the 49ers are healthy, and it appears they are healthy, uh, they got healthier last week, it didn't really matter. But if they're healthy for this game, in a game in L.A. where they're going to have a lot of fan support, like we saw last year in Week 18 and in their playoff game, where the 49ers fans kind of flooded that stadium in L.A., I like the 49ers here, minus one and a half, but going to wait up, wait and see if I can get a little bit of a better number just because I think some maybe sharper, more sophisticated betters might be attracted to the Rams as a home underdog uh, off a buy. So going to wait a little bit, but I, I'm, I'm hopeful that the 49ers can win this game for my uh, NFC West future and yeah. uh, that they kind of integrate their new toy, Christian McCaffrey, to the fold after he only saw a handful of snaps last week. Yeah, maybe it's a big Christian McCaffrey game coming up. And this is uh, your final pick's an interesting one. Green yes, game. the Packers. <laughs> oh, boy. Double digits. Um, First time in Aaron Rodgers' career. Yeah, so I'm just I'm still deciding if I want to bet this game. This might be a, a bet I make when Carrie Underwood is singing. It's, I've been waiting <laughs> all day to Sunday night. That needs to be a segment, a Carrie Underwood bet. Yeah, just like – uh, the bet that, you know, you know, no one is going to want the Packers. So there's no need to bet it right now on a Thursday afternoon, unless there's some weird injury stuff. But I mean, the bills are off a of buy, so we know what the bills are. The Packers maybe will have some stuff, but uh, if that's the case, maybe the bills get out to 12, 12 and a half. Dare I say a 13? I doubt that'll happen, oh, but 
I, I think the Packers are kind of interesting here just because the, the downgrade on them has been so drastic. A team who was a big favorite against the Giants on a neutral field in London, a team that was a, a seven point, a seven and a half point favorite against the Jets a few weeks ago. And then last week, road favorite against the Commanders. Obviously, they lose all three games. But I think maybe there's just a little bit of an overreaction of those results. And now that the Packers are in an underdog role, they're getting no, you know, the perception of them is as low as it's been in four years, I'd say. And Aaron Rodgers is publicly calling out teammates. So with all that going on and the Bills being the best team in the NFL and beating the Chiefs the last time we saw, saw them in that game that the whole country was watching in the late afternoon window, I think the Packers at a certain point have to be at least in consideration. And uh, it's not going to be fun to do it, but. The Packers at plus 11 and a half, as, as it looks like right now. For it. Yeah, for sure. And it's a game, it's not going to be fun to watch. But no. if, if, if the Packers can just like play kind of average of what we thought they would be, I feel like they should cover this number. And if this game was played like three or four weeks ago, or three or four weeks you know, prior, that this game, this line would be less than a touchdown. So I feel like we're just getting kind of an inflated number on Buffalo and, and the the lowest point on Green Bay that we've seen, and certainly we've seen in four years. Yeah, no, 100%. I agree with that one. Um, we had so we have the Bengals as a sexy pick, <laughs> and we have the Miami Dolphins as another sexy pick, which makes a little bit more sense. Yeah, so I don't know if it's a sexy pick on the Dolphins, but I think it's a sexy pick against the Lions, a team that has burned a lot of people, the people who watched them on Hard Knocks, the people yeah. who ate up all of Dan Campbell's quotes over the last year or two <laughs> since he took the job. And oh, no. the way they've lost games, it's either been horrible defense and their offense hasn't been able to keep up, or the last two games against the Patriots and, and Cowboys, just really poor offense from both teams. So I feel like in this game, Miami has a pretty dynamic passing game with the receivers they have and, and, and Tyreek and Waddle that they could kind of feast in, in a dome on the carpet of Ford Field. And I know you'll be in the city, so maybe you'll get a better sense of what people are thinking. But I feel yeah. from a national level, people are out on the out on the Lions, and that's why we saw this number go up from Dolphins minus three to minus three and a half a little bit earlier this week. Yeah, uh, well, I've only been in the casino since I got to Detroit, so my uh, understanding of Detroit people is they love going to a casino. So that's really all I've got for that one. <laughs> um, so, yeah, we talked about the Bengals. Um, I don't know if you want to mention anything more, but you also have a teaser that you like. Yeah, so the Saints were definitely – let's just go out on the teaser because I think we talked sure. about that Monday night game. But So the, the teaser definitely was going to be Saints up to seven and a half. I think right now it's pretty much plus one, but maybe wait if they get some, you know, Lattimore's out, Thomas is out. Maybe that gets back to two, two and a half, and then they can become teasable. Love a plus three and just straight bet them. But Saints as a teaser, and then the other two, two games I don't really know interest in betting, but just from the numbers, just teasing up these underdogs through from two and a half to eight and a half in games with very low totals. The Broncos in London uh, from two and a half, plus two and a half to plus eight and a half. Uh, Russell Wilson appears to be ready to go. I know he struggled, but he's still better than Brett Rippon. And in a game that's totaled, I believe, in the low 40s or yeah, 39 and a half, 
I, I don't see, uh, you know, it's possible, especially with how teasers have been so poor, like the traditional teasers have been horrible the first six weeks or seven weeks. But it's basically asking the Jaguars to win by more than one possession, which I think is hard for them to do. And then the other one, where is it? The Washington Commanders, late afternoon game. I guess they're plus three now, so, you know, not the perfect teaser situation, but they get down to two and a half of Sam Ellinger. Just like, do you think Sam Ellinger is going to win by more than a possession? That's basically what you're asking yourself. Probably not, unless yeah. he's the next big thing, which he's not. I mean, he'll he'll run, like, basically, like, maybe, run. yeah, he'll run and, and run away from the pressure that the Colts offensive line was uh, had trouble with. But I just feel like asking the Jaguars and the and the Colts to win by more than a possession is uh, is a lot. So in a games with low totals, uh, that the math makes sense for Broncos and Commanders to be involved in your 6.2 team NFL teasers for Sunday. I like it. I forgot to make my other NFL pick, my last oh. one, and this is uh, this is an interesting <laughs> one. Nate, I'm gonna go with Cairo Santos over one and a half field goals against the Dallas Cowboys. You can get it at plus money, which is really the only reason I like it. If I had to have like minus 110, minus 115 on it, don't think I'd like this bet as much. But you can get it at plus 130 is what I saw at one sportsbook to make two field goals. He's coming off a game. He had four field goals. He is now going against the Dallas Cowboys team that is the fifth worst team in the NFL in field goal attempts given up. They also have a tremendous red zone defense, top five in the NFL in the red zone defensively. The Bears are probably not getting in the end zone in this game. If they do it once, maybe, and it's probably a defensive pick or something like that, I don't think the offense is going to get anywhere near the end zone in this game, which means a lot of opportunities for Cairo Santos, especially in a dome, on the turf. It's going to be perfect kicking conditions. We see he, we, we see Eberflus trusts him to kick four field goals in bad weather against New England on the road. I think he can make two, and if I get it at plus money, I'll take Kairos Santos. Use that leg, Kairos. I'm I'm into it. I'm ready. Yeah. So my my like predicted game script for this game is the Bears being down and and being down by so much that they will treat a lot of their second possession, second half possessions like four down territory. Not going to kick a field goal. Going to go for it on fourth down. So because of that, I, I would have to disagree with that. But you never know. The NFL's been weird, and I have had a horrible three weeks. Betting the NFL, and, and especially in contests where uh, there's one contest I'm in where you pick five sides a week. In the last three weeks, I'm four and eleven after starting off really well. So maybe you shouldn't listen to any of my NFL picks, but I do feel like this week uh, I have some stuff, including a, a best bet that we'll have in a in very shortly. All right, let's do it, Nate. Let's go to our best bets. I, for the first time in the entire show history, I don't think I have a best bet for this week. I love all my bets. I'm not in love with all my bets. So if you want to hear all my college bets, NFL bets, you can listen to the full podcast, get it anywhere. But, Nate, I'm so proud of you because your alma mater is finally good enough to make it on the best bet segment. Yeah, crazy. And a team that I'm not, like, overly thrilled to bet on, but (laughs) I am really excited to bet against the team that they're playing, and that's the newly ranked South Carolina Gamecocks, number 25 in the country. Everyone is uh, buying what Shane Beamer is doing in Columbia, South Carolina. I'm going to just want to halt that for a second because South Carolina has had a lot of fortune this year. They're being propped up by wins against Kentucky when Kentucky didn't have Will Levis. And then last week 
a game against Texas A&M where they won and good for them, a, a big game for them at home at night. But Texas A&M's a mess right now. South Carolina had a 100-yard kick return for a touchdown to start the game, so that obviously helped. And then two quick turnovers by A&M set up short fields for scoring drives for South Carolina. So I think those results were pretty fluky by South Carolina this season. They don't deserve to be ranked. And that Spencer Rattler, their quarterback, has really struggled this year. Five touchdowns to eight interceptions. He had an under a 50% pass completion percentage last week against A&M. So I don't think now that South Carolina is ranked and, and they're going to have to win by a margin to cover the spread, that Rattler can be trusted in this situation. On the other side, I know Missouri's quarterback play with Brady Cook has not been good this season, but Missouri really needs to win this game if they want to have a shot getting to six wins and being bowl eligible, which I think is their goal for this season, a team that played close at Auburn. They played close at Florida. They even hung around with Georgia at home a few weeks ago. So I think this Missouri team will not be intimidated going to williams Bryce Stadium on a Saturday afternoon, facing a ranked team. And I think Missouri really has a shot to win this out game outright. But for best bet purposes, we're going to grade it Missouri plus four. On Tuesday, I bet a little bit Missouri plus four and a half because I saw the market kind of going towards Mizzou. And then on, on Wednesday, I saw the, the more of the market going to three and a half. And now some books still have plus four. So we'll grade it at plus four because I made that kind of a, another half unit bet on plus four. So we'll do that on the Missouri Tigers and then NFL. And we're going to the team we saw last, the New England Patriots. And obviously, very disappointing night for the Patriots. Losing out right is eight and a half point favorites, the Chicago Bears. And now they're going on the road and playing a five and two team. And they're favored on the road. But I still like the Patriots in this situation. First of all, I was waiting on Mac Jones and or Bailey's happy to be announced as starter. Mac Jones is named the starter, or not officially named the starter, but all reports indicate he's going to start this game. So I like that. Jones is the better quarterback. I think, you know, him knowing he's the starter early in the week is going to maybe help his confidence. But this bet is mostly against the Jets, a team that just lost Brees Hall last week to a, a season-ending injury, and he's actually an important running back in the league. They also lost an offensive lineman in Elijah Vera Tucker. I think that's going to hurt the Jets' offensive line that is already kind of questionable. But I think the real handicap here is Bill Belichick against Zach Wilson. Last year in this game in New York, Zach Wilson threw four interceptions against Belichick's defense. We know what Belichick's defense can do to young quarterbacks. I know Fields did well against Belichick on Monday night, but Fields does have the ability to scramble and get out of bad situations. Zach Wilson doesn't. He really struggled against Denver last week in a game against Brett Rippon that the Jets barely won. And now they have to play a Belichick defense that is going to know how to defend him after having a lot of success against Zach Wilson last season. So I really don't think the Jets are going to do much offensively. And having Mac Jones gives a, the Patriots a little bit more stability and a little more trust to bet on them in this game under a field goal. So for grading purposes, let's go Patriots minus two and a half for the NFL best bet this week. I like it. I honestly like both of those bets. I, I was kind of high on South Carolina when that line came out. I saw minus five and thinking, you know, that's a little low. And then you read up on both these teams and Zoo could really do a little backdoor backdoor action or they could even just win outright. I, I'm excited to see a Mizzou win over a ranked team. I like the idea of betting against a, a team that probably doesn't deserve to be ranked and has overachieved yes. this season. Get into the rankings the first week after we saw it this year earlier when James Madison got to the rankings and they lost outright. That's the last two weeks is big favorite. So 
feel like South Carolina is kind of ripe for a, a, a you know, they're vulnerable this week. Obviously, they could still have this special team success that they've had, the 100-yard kickoff returns, the block punts that have carried them all season. But I think if the game is kind of played in a, a normal state, that Missouri is going to at least cover the spread, if not win the football game. I like it. So those are your best bets. I got all my non-best bets up as well. Uh, we'll have a show next week. Probably we're going to have two shows next week. It'll be a nice, normal week. Um, yep. Good luck to everybody. Let us know what your bets are. We'd love to hear from you on Twitter. He's at Nate Jacobson one. I'm at Ben Wittenstein. And read our stuff at WatchStadium.com. Uh, and we'll talk to you all next week.